0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen Gerrard says the visit of Porto will go a long way to deciding Rangers Europa League fate Celtic hand Callum McGregor a new deal before heading to Rome to face Lazio and former Hibs assistant Brian Rice is tipping John Hughes for a return to Easter Road I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy Yeah, another uh, massive European midweek Gordon, Celtic in Rome to play Lazio Rangers at home to Porto and as you said there and your bullet points as we get to game number four this is where we find out if Celtic and Rangers are going to get through into the last 32 and for Callum McGregor great piece of business for Celtic he was wanted by Leicester in the summer does this new deal mean that he will be the successor to Scott Brown as a captain of Celtic and across the M8 in Edinburgh Hibs and Hearts closing in and their new bosses and we expect Hibs to announce their new manager first yeah, I mean, uh, Rangers and Celtic are looking to emulate their performances in the, in the first game uh, in this kind of double header. Um, you know, Celtic are fantastic result uh, against Lazio, but looking to, to break a bit of a hoodoo of, of beating an Italian side over there. Uh, Rangers were absolutely magnificent against Porto, composed, controlled, um, calm, um, but can they go one better than the one point in terms of improving that goal ratio and to get all three points? Um, but listen we're looking forward to two fantastic matches here we are on the eve of two fantastic matches as Jim Duffy says so this is your last chance to have your say before the games all the usual pre-match questions apply how do you see the game going who should play who shouldn't play how should your team approach the match 01419511025 let's hear from you right now don't hang about get your calls in nice and early let us know your thoughts ahead of two massive games tomorrow Rangers fans ultimately can you go one better such a positive performance a positive result in Porto Can you turn that into three points At home tomorrow And Celtic fans You got the three points at home uh, What would you Foresee happening In Rome tomorrow 01419511025 Give us a call right now Or tweet us At Clyde SSB uh, Everyone always says Mark Guidi That the The middle double header If you like Is Is the crucial one You know It's the one that can really Kind of sway your, your campaign One way or the other Yeah I mean If If um... Celtic emerge tomorrow night with a point and Rangers emerge with a victory then you're taking four out of six from the the, the, the number one seeds which is brilliant so if that were to be the if, outcome tomorrow night then I would absolutely fans, fancy both teams to get through listen it's easier said than done a tall order for both teams um, but it's definitely doable and I can see a Celtic team under Neil Lennon Managing to get a result tomorrow night Just like Rangers managed to get a result in Portugal A couple of weeks ago And with the backing of 50,000 supporters tomorrow night Ibrox, the way the weather's going It's going to be a greasy pitch under the floodlights It'll be chilly I think it's got all the makings there for Rangers to go and get a victory I mean again it's so difficult to call Gordon I mean the, the Lazio game Celtic went right to, to, to the wire really um, But Lazio had a fantastic chance to put the game to bed Missed it so it's one of those ones where I think that that, that really could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, I'm with Mark. I think if they come back with a point, I think it would be a terrific result. Um, Rangers again uh, at home. It's just one of those ones where, you know, can they keep it tight at the back? They've made a couple of basic errors at times, uh, even though they've played very, very well. Uh, young boys away, for instance, the, the Porto game, 
aside, they gave the ball away, although it was a fantastic strike. Uh, and if they can just that that little bit of concentration, particularly when, as, as Mark says, fifty thousand people driving you forward, you've got to keep the bar, the back door locked. Uh, just to bring you up to speed, Celtic landed in Rome about half an hour or so ago. They're making their way to do the press conference. So as soon as Neil Lennon has spoken. We'll bring you his thoughts So this is going to be the One of the first places You can hear it So stay tuned We will do it as soon as we can We're in the We're in their hands a little bit Depending on, on what the time looks like Stephen Gerrard spoke earlier today though He's looking for his players And the Rangers fans To pile the pressure Onto Porto at Ibrox He says he wants to be In the front foot Because he thinks That's when they play Their best football We, we don't see it as pressure Pressure We see it as a Incredible opportunity uh, To go and put a show on In front of our supporters Obviously the carrot And the opportunity To beat one uh, one of the big names in Europe is more exciting, really, rather than a burden. It's a game we're, we're very much looking forward to. We, we know the challenge and the threat what Porto carry. There's an incredible amount of respect for, for the team that are coming. Having said that, uh, they're coming to our place, uh, which will be rocking. I'm sure it will. I'm sure the fans are really excited in a good place and ready to get behind the players. The players on the evidence of the last couple of days in the preparation uh, look focused and ready and um, it's a game we're very much looking forward to. Nothing changes whether it's the first half of the group or the second half of the group when it comes to home games. We want to be front foot um, and we want to try and get this crowd with us as early as we can uh, because that's when we feel like we're at our best. when. When, when the place is pumping and all the players are playing on the front foot. So Rangers fans, can you go on the front foot against Porto tomorrow? You've had a good look at them over there. You played very well, got yourself a point. Can it be three tomorrow? If so, how do Rangers have to go about their business? You tell us, 01419511025. Jim Duffy, you would be forgiven for thinking, well, you you set up the same and you do the same as you did over there. Um, but sometimes football doesn't quite work like that. Would, would you expect Rangers to do anything different? Yeah, maybe a slight tweak. I think uh, Ryan Kent is obviously was was outstanding uh, the weekend against Hearts. Um, you know, and I know that uh, you know he, he, he sometimes maybe plays with the two wide players, and other times he just narrows one in a little bit. So it just depends on how um, Stephen Gerrard sees it. I'm not sure whether Ojo would start, um, but for me, it's Kent and Morelos. I think has got to be up top. I don't see the rest of the team changing too much. That just that one position does he bring Arfield in, just to kind of give him a little bit more security in midfield because he can drop in, or does mm. he stick with Ojo and be a little bit more open? So that that for me would just be the one the the one decision I think he would he would have to make whether it's Ojo or Arfield Let, for me. Let's just throw that one out to the Rangers fans as well. Then who would you play tomorrow? Would you stick with Shea Ojo? Would you bring in Scott Arfield? Would you bring in someone else? Brandon Barker maybe. You tell us. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. I think it was Barker and Kent, wasn't it, Mark mm-hmm. over there, mm-hmm. who who, yeah. who provided the, the width, the pace, and all the rest of it. What, what would you expect tomorrow? Oh yeah, he, he certainly can can spring one or two surprises in the lineup. That that's the beauty now of the size of squad and the quality in the squad that that Rangers have. Um, yeah, I think that that Kent, you know, looking at the way he played on on Sunday against Hearts, I think Kent is uh, an absolute certainty to start. I think Morelos certainty um, to start. Uh, as well, Stephen Davis certainty, you know, so, and, and Ryan Jacks. You've got he's got that core seven or eight players. Um, Gordon, where you, you just Halander um, could be in, in there as well uh, with Goldson. Does Katic come back into the equation? Barisic and Tavernier, I've got the fullback positions nailed down at the moment. So there's, there's a couple of places, and because of the options he has in the wide area, it's maybe choosing one one wide man or, or, or a number 10 
that's going to play in there, but certainly Kent to, to start. Uh, I mean, Jim, is it... Ha- have to be listen. Hold on. Word this carefully because you obviously you try and win every game. I, yeah. I get that, but Rangers have the chance to turn a pretty good campaign so far mm. into a very good one. If yeah. if you go and get the, the three points tomorrow, yeah. I mean, I think it absolutely um, you know gives them an unbelievable opportunity to to qualify. Um, you know, and I think that that that's you know how Rangers see it. I mean, we heard um, Stephen Gerrard's interview there saying he's going. To, you know, he the team should embrace it. The fans should embrace it. You know, it's a fantastic evening. An opportunity, and they've done so well. I mean, as I said, that that performance-wise uh, against young boys were great, but just that was the final result uh, made it difficult, um, and they should have taken more from that game. So I think Rangers have shown that, that you know they're more than capable of holding their own, and um, and I, I just think as I said, it's just down to the concentration. We know how dangerous uh, you know the the continental sides are on a counter attack. They won't be phased too much, I don't think, after maybe. Uh, the initial onslaught you would expect from Rangers, I would expect Porto then to be quite comfortable in that surrounding because uh, they're, basically they're playing in a magnificent stadium with a bowling green of a pitch. So I don't think there'll be any issues there. It's more to do with how the game progresses, how much risk Rangers take. And that's the reason why I'm saying that he might, he might tweak it a little bit and put Arfield in there just to give them a wee bit of security mm. in the early part of the game. Uh, it's 0141 Rangers fans were building up to the game tomorrow, asking you who should play, who shouldn't play. Jim raised a couple of suggestions. Would you stick with Shea Ojo? Would you take him out, bring someone else in? Can you get the three points ultimately? 0141 John's already on Twitter. Uh, he was saying that the Porto fans whistled at the end of their narrow win against the bottom of the league side at the weekend there's a distrust surrounding the team says Conce Shao um, going tomorrow feeling confident this is a tie Rangers uh, can win I'm sure and that's the thing you looked at Porto a couple of weeks ago they clearly are still a, a very good side just maybe not quite the one we've been used to in the last few years where they're Champions League regulars is it important to sort of you know you, you play the game rather than the name I think that's something Roger Hanna mentioned last night uh, you, you know it's what it's what Rangers do tomorrow night Gordon in terms of team selection getting at them taking the game by the scruff of the neck using home advantage um, because other thing as well we, we noticed like so Lazio coming over with the greatest of respect some of these clubs will, will, will use this opportunity to play three or four guys uh, and Porto might do the same tomorrow night or if the manager is feeling a wee bit of heat he'll think no this is a game I can't afford to lose in fact we need to go and win um, Ibrox and, and try and put a bit of distance between ourselves and Rangers so there's a number of things bringing through the Porto mind but it is about Rangers home advantage they have got great attacking strength from middle to front they can cause Porto problems they'll take a lot of confidence from the goal that they scored They could have won the game Again you, you re- relive The goal The ball from Barisic The counter attack The brilliant play from Morelos Just peeling off his defender Giving himself a yard Lovely first touch And put it into the net From, from seven yards So again One thing about the Rangers players As has happened with Celtic In previous years It's a great opportunity To put themselves in the shot window And by that I don't mean no Players are desperate to go to Rangers And chasing quality players away But what I'm saying is To, to become an asset That increases your value That's what's going to make Morelos Or has made him now In my opinion A £20 million striker You know just that goal in Porto If you can keep doing that Then you know It just shows it The, the quality that he has mm. yeah, Willie's Neister House First up tonight Hi Willie Hi there I said I said Listen to the issue With uh, Roger Harris said last night That Sargent's a Rangers And Celtic In the same sort of group Compared to Porto and Feyenoord Celtic Cluj Rennes 
I mean, Lazio are third in, in Serie A at the moment, Willie. They're not bad. Uh, what trophies have they won? Oh, various trophies. Red were fifth. We certainly played Red the first time we were fifth. Now they're about 14th. So is that, is that is that the gist of, of the call that Rangers have a harder group than Celtics? Yeah. Well, why are, where are Feyenoord just now, just in the league, Willie, just out of curiosity? They're 10th or something. Aye, mid-table. Yeah, yeah I mean... I, I don't listen, know if it matters, does no, it? No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, listen, you can look historically... It depends how far you want to go back for a variety of clubs. <laughs> Neither Celtic or Rangers have won European trophies for for uh, for decades. So it's 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 about you know y- your own club and playing in prestige games. And obviously, Clues, for instance, are a relatively new club. You know, in terms of how they've come through, but they're in the Champions League. You know, uh, and you know, remaining sides in particular have always been difficult to play against. Sometimes you don't have the big fancy names these days. But, but there are new clubs emerging And there are bigger clubs You've still got um, I mean It's not that that long ago That Man City <laughs> where, 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 Wouldn't even be, 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 be Involved in this type of level Now they're, they're one of the biggest clubs in the world But um, So I just think You just enjoy the nights And uh, you know that, that your own club has And I think Rangers being at home To, to Feyenoord At home mm-hmm. to, to Porto You know They're fantastic evenings To look forward to I wouldn't concern too much in who's who's playing the tougher team or who's who who, who thinks that they're playing tougher games. Exactly, it's it's not factual, William. It's just an opinion. There's no fact, and to be honest, I don't know why you're concerned about it. Just you know, look at your own section if you're a Rangers supporter. Look at the section. Look at the quality of opposition. Look at what your own team can do and enjoy it. Does they have any relevance at all? What happens in Celtic's group? Willie, do you fancy Rangers to go and pick up three points tomorrow? They yeah, tried to put it in a level playing field. It's a poor one for them. Trophies in Europe. Well, Rangers lost to young young boys, and they they haven't even won trophies in Europe. So, you know, it, it swings around there. It's, well, why does it bother you about a level playing field? Don't Rangers are in the Rangers in the, their section. Celtics in their section. What, what does it matter? Uh, Mark, how important then? I, mean, I think the sort of obvious one is Alfredo Morelos. We speak yeah. about him a lot, so uh, f- f- I'll, I'll leave him aside because he's the obvious one in terms of how important he is. Guys like Ryan Jack uh-huh. really seems to be coming onto a game. Everybody yeah. who's watching him is, is noticing the importance uh-huh. that he's got uh, in the Scotland squad. Of course, how, tomorrow is that again the type of occasion that he can yeah. he he should be relied upon to go and stamp his yeah, authority. He, in the game? He's a main player, you know. I think if if Stephen Gerrard had to pick a team tomorrow to to save his job or, or you know whatever, then Jack and Davis would be at the heart of the the midfield for sure. As I've said in this program now a number of times. Gordon Ryan Jack over the past nine months to a year has really grown on me. Um, I think he found it maybe just tough, you know, the, the, the whole mentality thing, the pressure playing for Rangers, the expectation level, fifty thousand supporters, your every move looked at. But I think he's grown into the role. He's matured as a player. Has um, I think he's managed to channel his aggression more in the right ways um, as well. Where they get caught up in one or two wee things unnecessarily uh, in the past, but he has matured and is maturing into a top level midfield. And I don't think it's any coincidence that he's doing that under the guidance of not only Stephen Gerrard but Gary McAllister yeah. um, as well. So he is a a top top player. There's no doubt about that. And for me, uh, a future Rangers mm. captain. I think changing his role has been a yeah. massive help to him because he's got the shackles off. He probably too much energy. To be at the sitting midfielder, mm. but no one really can have thought too much of that. 
But since he's been released a little bit and let Stephen Davis sit there and, and dictate the play, then he's got the energy, he's, he's supporting players, he's winning the ball, he's covering players, box to box. He's been a threat, scored two goals last week against Ross County. He's had opportunities to score goals. He's a much more involved in the game. And mm-hmm. I think that's the type of boy he is. Whereas I think, as you said, Matt, when he's been sitting in that hole in midfield, that any kind of tackle, if he's not quite sharp enough to do that, that's been picking up cars. But now he's not because he's, he's involved more. He looks quicker. He looks sharper. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt... He just looks more think, comfortable as a yeah, person as yeah, well, doesn't he? In the yeah, role. yeah, he just seems to have grown. And he, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't think even many Rangers fans would have thought that he could have been the player he is as mm. it stands now. And I think all credit to him, and all credit to you, right, to, to Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister, but he's improved beyond all recognition. Remember, Alison Conroy is in Rome. We are waiting on Neil Lennon conducting his press conference. Then we will bring you his thoughts as soon as we possibly can. We're going to speak to Jamie in Clydebank in just a second. Celtic fans, what about Callum McGregor? A new deal, a new long-term contract given by the club. How pleased are you with that news? How important is he to you? Can he be... A mainstay going forward Is he perhaps even the next captain 01419511025 We'll do that next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation Is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's the eve of Two massive Europa League matches For Celtic and Rangers Celtic are in Rome We'll hear from Neil Lennon As soon as we possibly can uh, On the Rangers front Scott McFarlane sent us a tweet He says Porto were very good In the first game Rangers look great going forward Just now with Kent Looking better each game Morelos on Fire, but the defence is worryingly slow and hesitant, says Scott. Goldson and Hillander will play, but both look awkward and uncomfortable with the ball at their feet, says Scott on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, Celtic fans, what about Callum McGregor signing that new contract? We're going to speak about that as soon as we hear from Jamie in Clyde Bank. Hi, Jamie. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good, Jamie. What's your point tonight? Um, I was going for my lunch meal for my dinner for work, and I was listening to that last guy that came on. I think it's absolute rubbish that the uh, the and the goose. My my oh, Jamie's the old signal in Clyde Bank. He's only along the road as well. Might just get him to pop in. I'll speak to you. He says. Uh, I'll get producer Andy just to speak to uh, to speak to Jamie again. Uh, what about the, the point we read out on Twitter there, Jim? It was Scott. Just his his personal take, sort of concerns over over the the defence. I mean, the the number of goals Rangers are conceding. Wouldn't suggest there's a, a major problem there But Scott's obviously sees them a lot And has, has identified something No, as, as I mentioned I think when Rangers have lost goals It's not really been They've not really been carved open It's been basic errors You know, if you look at The goal against Hearts It was a it was a basic error If you look at the goals against Young boys It was a The, the goal against Even as I said against Porto Giving the ball away Just inside the box And kind of You know, get, not gifting them But make, making it easier so there's no one really been carving them open mm-hmm. over the last few weeks, but but Porto are a good side, and and I do agree there that um you know they'll, they'll have to be really switched on um, you know because if they're if they're not Porto mm-hmm. will exploit it. I think we've got Jamie back. Jamie, on you go. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I'm in Lidl just now shopping for my dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, just the, the regarding the last caller um, and playing the the two different groups, uh, skill level wise. You know, I, I think every game is different when you come across it. You treat each game uh, differently. My belief is uh, when it comes to European games, more Scottish teams in it the better. I'm a Rangers man myself, but I'll, uh, I'm hoping that Celtic win their game. Um, all helps towards the coefficients, see, and get the 
done for that 15 to get both teams into the Champions League. But it was just really to say that I think that guy, Pascal, was top rubbish. Um, yeah, listen, I think that's a, that's a fair point because we... we we were all delighted I mean we were in here Were delighted the last time Because we, we mentioned it About the coefficient We're not yeah. that far away By the way From that, that elusive second Champions League place So I mean that would be That would be brilliant But tomorrow night Is going to be tough And we're going to get On to Celtic specifically in, in a moment as well Tomorrow night will be tough For for both teams It'll be tough But you look at Celtic first um, Over in Rome They, they kick off first On at 6 o'clock Rangers mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock um, Celtic are one I would think Gordon Um one win out of three from qualifying, you know that win could come tomorrow night. Listen, I don't expect them to win tomorrow night, but it could come. It's a great position to be in for Rangers. A bit more work to do, but the the thing for Rangers, they've got two home games, mm-hmm. so they're looking at five points potentially, maybe less, maybe one more, but probably five points. Nine would take them through, so at least one win at home, or they win both their home games. But the, I think for Rangers tomorrow night, it would be a real setback not to win tomorrow night. They'd still be in the hunt. Because five points would keep them in there with two games to go, but um, I think if they to win tomorrow night, it takes them ninety percent of the way there. Jamie, what is it about the, the current Rangers team that seems to suit European football? You know, they've, they've had some impressive results, even the games that they've, they've not won. As Jim says, it's maybe been an error here or there. They've never really been outplayed or you know dominated. What is it about this Rangers team that seems to suit European football? Honestly, it's a number of things in my my view. You know. Think back just before um, Gerard took, took charge, we were all over the place. Couldn't really get any worse. Uh, went in Europe. Um, I think he's done a fantastic job turning the team around. And listen, you, you mentioned that fella sending me a tweet in regarding the defence. It's a wee bit of a worry for myself as well, uh, Golden and Haaland. But I think if we don't win tomorrow, I think it's going to be a draw. And then I think Celtic will take a draw away from Lazio. But I, Think they're going to finish in the top of the group. Yeah, that's all well and good, but what I really want to know, Jamie, is what have you settled on for the dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a chicken chow mein and a croissant for later on. <laughs> Listen, I, it's a strange combination, but. One. <laughs> multicultural French or Chinese brilliant you ha- they're good choices on that yeah, 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 the as long as the croissant's got Nutella on it yep and hot in the oven in the oven it's Jamie. got the chow mein in it <laughs> it's a croissant with chow mein it's a Jamie, croissant with chow mein thank you very much for the call other supermarkets are available that was Jamie and Lidl to be very specific <laughs> 01419511025 Big news coming out of Celtic today Before we've even heard from Neil Lennon They've given a new five year deal to Callum McGregor Uh, It means the midfielder is now tied to the club until 2024 Jim, assess that that piece of business And and him as a player in terms of how important he now is to Celtic No, I mean he's he's been absolutely brilliant over the last couple of years Probably the last three years I would probably think Um, Even before Brendan Rodgers came in I think Callum McGregor was, was still sticking out like a sore thumb um, but he's improved, um, like like you know you want as as, as players to m- mature again, change his position a little bit. He was he was looked upon as a kind of almost a kind of number ten sort of even a, winger, even a wide player at times. Young, yeah. But he's now that one next to Scott Brown. And again, we, we mentioned Stephen Gerrard's influence and Gary McAllister's influence. I think you should influence the influence of Scott Brown. You shouldn't underestimate it for Callum McGregor just in terms again. That, that kind of confidence and belief and leadership qualities he's got allied to his ability. And he just seems a boy that seems to play with a smile on his face. He doesn't seem to seek 
the fame, you know, the mm-hmm. part, you know, he seems to just kind of stay under the radar a little bit. I like that about him and does his talking on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really good. In, in modern day, you don't really read too much about him. He's a back page player, which you want to, you want to read about him in the back page. He's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just, as I said, I'm going to call him an unsung hero because he's a terrific player and he deserves it. He deserves applauds. But he's got so much to his game. You know, he can link up the play, he can sit, he can he can drop off and protect the defence, he, he can score goals, he can assist goals, uh, you know, he can be creative, he can, you know, he's, he's got all the attributes of a, a modern midfield player, he can get about the pitch. He, I wouldn't say he's a tackler, but he's not going to, you know, he's, he's, he's not he's not jumping out of things. But uh, in terms of his contribution to Celtic over the last uh, couple of years, it's been absolutely immense. Yeah, for me, what I like about about uh, Callum McGregor in the past few years, and, and it's the same, I think it's a very similar story to James Forrest, and probably you get it at all the big clubs where the homegrown players tend to be, I think to really win over the Celtic supporters. You know, I think it's one that was a, like a constant battle because I think there was a section of Celtic supporters that were maybe looking to find fault in the way that we, we were on this programme. Gordon and James Forrest um, seemed to be a, a whipping boy for about six months, which I thought was really unfair. I don't think McGregor's ever been a whipping boy, but I think he's really had to go the extra distance to prove himself great business by Celtic because he is one of their main players um, there is no doubt that had the Celtic had Peter Lawwell given Leicester any encouragement in the summer that they would have come in with a massive bid and increased the bids and uh, but he didn't there's no way that Celtic could have sold Kieran Tierney and Callum McGregor uh, in the same window so McGregor did have his head turned uh, a little bit and rightly so in English Premiership comes calling but he's decided no and I just wonder, obviously you can't promise it and there are no guarantees, but for me, this length of contract, he's a yes, it safeguards Celtic in terms of a fee, but it suggests to me that uh, I don't think Scott Brown is hanging his boots up anytime soon, but Callum McGregor is the next captain mm. of Celtic. Uh, Andy's and Dennis and Andy, let's start by getting your thoughts on, on Callum McGregor. As a Celtic fan, how, how much do you rate him? How important is he to, to what Celtic do at the moment? Oh, he's an absolutely key player to the squad. Uh, it's fantastic news that we've got him on a on a new contract. Um, I mean, he's a complete machine. He just plays every single game, more or less. And he, he is, as you've mentioned, he's just the full package when it comes to a midfielder. Uh, and you could say he's the heir apparent to Bruni as well. Uh, definitely. I'm glad Andy brought it up because it means my uh, number crunching this afternoon hasn't gone to waste. Uh, he's, he's 26, Callum McGregor, already. He has got over 300 Top, you know, first team appearances for, for Celtic and I think that's the Scotland uh, games in there as well he's over 300 69 appearances last season mm-hmm. 58 the season before already in 28 this season first mm-hmm. you know, week in November so in this modern age gym of yeah. managing players and what's yeah. the managing injuries yeah, and, and squad rotating. rotation yeah. he is always there to be called upon and that I guess is a a real asset along with you know being a good good passer of the ball and whatever else yeah. just being there and being available all the time and being in form mm-hmm. must be a manager's dream yeah being fit is, is, is vital you know I mean if you've had a stop start career even if you're a very very good player um, you know managers are never quite sure when to fit you in and other players obviously get the opportunity what Cal McGregor's doing is one being available but two by his performance levels which are so high he's keeping a four million pound player out of the team and in champ you know, and again, if you said you know that when Celtic signed him, you thought, well, he's going to have to be in the team. You pay that amount of money, he's a, he's a gimme. Mm-hmm. But he's not, because Callum McGregor's, as I said, performances have been so exceptional, so consistent, that everyone else has to play second fiddle to him. Mm-hmm. And again, in the way he goes about his business, you know, whether it's, as I said, on the pitch, off the pitch, his professionalism, as I said, if he's asked to be, in, in the odd time he's been asked to move out, of, if he want to call it his natural central role, 
you know, doesn't throw the toys out, goes about it as the best he possibly can. And he's had very, very few dips in form over the last three or four years. Very yeah. few. He said, he said, I, I don't even think he's had a handful of bad games. So, listen, that and the amount of games as you mentioned there, Gordon, um, you know, just just make just make some, you know, the perfect modern day midfielder. Just a, a beautiful left foot mm. as well, a goal threat. You know, you think. <laughs> Midfielders can be great But if you're adding goals To your game as well You think of the goals That he scored And the important ones You know, you think back to, to To the way that Stan Petrov Used to do it You know 15-20 years ago For Celtic Craig Burleys And guys like that If you can get guys That are going to chip in 15-16-17 goals a season Takes the pressure off your striker I've got that in Ryan Christie um, As well So yeah All in Brilliant business for Celtic Mark are you surprised I'm surprised that no Bigger English club Has actually put A proper bid in You know An, an actual on the table, there you are, Celtic. What do you think? Even though, I because think, I think because if you been look down south again, bids, Jim, but it, I, I, it can definitely match. I, you know, so many of the midfield players down there. Um, so I'm I'm surprised, but from Celtic's point of view, again, a five year deal is, is fantastic business. I think there's been bids, and let's say for sure, a hundred percent Leicester, and were Leicester given any encouragement to get a deal over the line? But from Celtic's point of view, they knew that there's and from Neil Lennon absolutely no way that you can sell Tierney and McGregor in the same window just a non-starter leads us on nicely Andy because he will play tomorrow you would imagine what are your thoughts ahead of that game in Rome well it's a feast of football for uh, for Scotland tomorrow obviously there's a Celtic game and the Rangers game it's great to have these days back my thoughts for the Celtic game come away with anything um, and you're you're looking at very likely at topping the group I don't know the last time a Scottish team Top the group in Europe, but um, yep. Yeah, even if the game doesn't finish with a re- result for Celtic tomorrow and they lose it, I mean they're still in a position where they're in a very strong chance of topping the group, considering just the way the groups sort of played out with Rennes sitting far behind the rest of them. Um, and then obviously you've got the Rangers game later on with a bit more work to do. But I'm very much looking forward to both games tomorrow night. It's good to have these days back. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, listen, it's hard to sort of second guess and, and forecast what, what happens down the line. The only thing you would say is, well, there's no chance Neil Lennon would underestimate Lazio because he's seen them. They were very good at Celtic mm-hmm. Park. Celtic got the win. Since then, Lazio have won all three of their games. They've won 2-1 at Fiorentina And the AC Milan Either side of a comfortable 4-0 home win against Torino They are very confident I think they're up to third in Serie A The only downside might be Do they continue to to rest players And and, and rotate their squad on these European nights Um, I guess there's no point in hiding it Neil Lennon will will hope that they do Yeah, I mean, again, it all depends on their priorities You know, I mean, do they try and sustain that consistency in in Serie A To try and get the Champions League next year Or do they see this as an opportunity um, To further their experience in Europe um, And it gives them a chance then to rotate players further down the line If they they manage to get out of the group But, I mean, Andy was saying that You know, I think Jamie was saying it before You know Celtic had, you know, 60,000 you know, at the Lazio Green Rangers. They've got a full house tomorrow night. These are the games that, you know, we, we need. We love it, we, you know, for, for us, you know, just watching and, and listening. They're fantastic games to look forward to. And, yeah, we'd all ideally love the Champions League matches. But these are the games I think that, you know, just take you away from that kind of cutthroat to domestic you know, four times a season minimum you're playing, a, you know, someone. So I think these are the games that light up the, the games in Scotland. And I just I just can't wait for tomorrow night. I just think they're two yeah. outstanding yeah. games to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, Mark, I think 
Originally it looked as if Lazio fans Were really not fussed It looked like they were going to be outnumbered By, by Celtic fans But yeah. I think that's been sort of redressed Reports coming out of Rome today They're expecting around 25,000 home fans I think there's about 8,000 or so Celtic fans So it's not going to be that You know One of those away intimidating nights In, in that respect on the mm-hmm. pitch What about Andy's Andy's point That you know a, a draw certainly put Celtic In a great position to top the group And even Even a defeat might still be okay A draw would be an outstanding result For Celtic Regardless of, of The starting lineup um, That Lazio put out uh, Tomorrow night And Zaghi puts out um, Because If you if you were looking at the section You would say Lazio is a, is a game away from home That you would expect to lose But that's not what you'd expect To, to gather your points Celtic have done Their jobs so, so far in, in terms of winning Their two home games Getting a point away from Ren. So they stand 1-1 one, one away Out of three games They might not even need to win a game You know One draw might be enough mm-hmm. Or two draws um, so I don't expect Celtic to win tomorrow night Hand in hand I don't expect them to get a point either I would expect Lazio to win the game But given the performances in Europe this season In the Europa League Given Neil Lennon's results as a Celtic manager I always fancy him to pull something out of the bag In European football Then I wouldn't rule Celtic out But yeah I do fancy Lazio to win the game Andy is there anything in particular Team selection wise that, that jumps out at you The Celtic team seems to be almost picking itself at the moment I mean, I, I wouldn't really make any changes from what he's been doing. I mean, they've been doing the job here, uh, back at home, and so far in Europe as well. So uh, I'd probably uh, stick with uh, the same squad as last time they played Lazio, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Frimpong can't play anyway, no. so that's just ready made for El Hamed to come back in, isn't it? So, okay, yeah. thank you very much to Andy and Denison. Remember, we are waiting on Neil Lennon finishing his press conference. Then we'll bring you everything he had to say. So stay tuned for that. We're going to hear from Rangers winger Ryan Kent. He's coming up after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Neil Lennon is in his press conference at the moment, so we will bring you his thoughts as soon as he's done. Stay tuned for that. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB um, and on the phones 01419511025. Let's speak to Kenny, who's a Hearts fan on the line. Kenny, we've not heard from you since it all kicked off. What's happening? Right decision to get rid of Craig Levine? Uh, evening guys uh, Well I don't know the dumps You didn't like seeing your team Being like that uh, I even to a point Felt sorry for Levine But uh, You can be Sort of Hearts through and through But at the end of the day The results were uh, Sort of uh, Speaking for themselves. Uh, I think that's the reason The day why they're away Up to St Andrews training I think there's a bit uh, Rather than getting spoiled at the Orium Or on the pitch at Tynecastle You're going to train If you play like amateurs You'll train like amateurs I don't think that's right Kenny it's uh, It's first class surroundings Away to St Andrews Austin McPhee no, well, no to be fair It's on a junior pitch And he yeah. actually said That was part of That's part of the plan He hopes that you know It's, it's difficult to train on And, and they appreciate it, 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 appreciate it But either way It's a big um, It's a it's Aye. a statement isn't it From Hearts Doing something a bit different Yeah I mean I think Austin McPhee Decides to do that The first day he got the job Even though it was interim That he made that the plan for that Regardless of how The result on Sunday um, Went But I don't See it as being viewed upon as as a punishment, you know, in terms of you know you go to that. It's not it's not a punishment, Ken. It's just it's more about a change of of surrounding. Just try something a wee bit different. They'll maybe stay in a hotel overnight, you know, for a night and go in and you know they might have a beer, a glass of wine. 
a mm-hmm. comedy night You know whatever Just something to, to mix it up Just something a wee bit different And sometimes that Can work wonders But the fact that they've moved away From Orium It's in Andrews 100% Kenny it, it, It's not a punishment I think listening to Austin McPhee On Hearts own Sort of media channels today Jim it, He says it's to give it A cup final feel Because the game against St Mirren at the weekend Is, is that important He wanted to, to replicate What it would be like You know take take the players away Have that Longer period with them I don't know whether that Improves morale Or gives you more time To get your messages across But yeah, I'm sure you've seen been, Many maybe, techniques over the yeah, years Yeah maybe he's been reading A lot of sports psychology stuff You know who knows um, Listen Every every manager You know you know, Tries to do Something that they think Will get help them Get the best out of the players And that's ultimately What he's trying to do um, You can You know We'll get opinions on Where we think that That's the right thing to do Or not but if he believes that taking the players away, maybe giving them a different type of environment, maybe then you know taking them back a little bit to, and, and, and if you want to call it not, not having all the the proper facilities, as Kenny mentioned, the Orium and and the, you know Herrick Watt and all this kind of stuff, then yeah, well, listen, the, the truth will only happen, you know, or so we'll find out what happens at the weekend, uh, you know, when they win, if 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 and when they win games. And ultimately, that's what it's all about. You know, I don't think there's any magic formula. You know, you see managers sometimes, right? We'll take them bowling, we'll take them to, you know, uh, go kart racing, we'll take them up to the mines and show them what real people used to do for did, a living. Did Gary Caldwell not do the old, yeah. was it like yeah, SAS? Yeah, yeah. Got, got the party the Marines, crystal players yeah. uh, pretty much captured them. Down down to well. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, it's so, funny for us, though. <laughs> there's so many things that, that people try, but ultimately, it's, uh, you know, having the quality of players, the mentality of the players has got to be right. And they've got to be good enough And that's it and, and I do feel a little bit For Craig Levine Because of the likes of Suter And Naismith in particular Two big Key players Were very rarely available at all So There are Mitigating circumstances But I think The 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 the, the sense of the, the Hearts fans Were against Craig Levine And when that happens It is hard to turn it back around again In your favour um, So maybe a, a fresh approach A fresh manager coming in Will do that So I'm not quite sure Unless Austin McPhee Has, has had that um, you know, nod from from man boys to say, "Well, listen, you're going to be here for the next month or so." But mm. if it's only going to be for a week, I don't quite see the point of this. Uh, Kenny, of course, you need a new sporting director as well, so maybe that will come first. But who's the next manager going to be? Who should it be, as far as you're concerned? Well, there's actually the rumour mill coming out of Edinburgh the now about Gordon Strachan, and uh, they're saying that he's due to be in the stand on Saturday, watch the game, and then he's going to be appointed. But that's just a rumour mill, eh? But I've been complaining about that. Oh, he's a Hibs fan, Mark. As a manager or a sporting director, uh, Kenny? As a manager, Jim. As a manager, right. Mm. Well, he's, I mean, yeah, I mean, he is a Hibs fan, but I mean, again, listen. I know, I wasn't I don't, I don't, entirely serious. I don't see it, but if, if, if Gordon Strachan is wanting to get back into management, then Hearts is a big club, and uh, he does have, you know, a wealth of experience. I mean, there was talk earlier on about, you know, David Moyes, and he, I know he, he's he's knocked it back as if he's saying mm. that he's not interested. But, you know, if, if you're looking in the, in the kind of same level in terms of, Experience. I mean, Gordon Strachan's got. I don't know. I mean, but certainly <laughs> several hundred games as a manager. You know. Listen, if if Hart, if Hart could get Gordon Strachan as a manager, I think he would take it all day long. I, I don't think it's 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 realistic. One thing about Austin McPhee, Kenny, is that he has the full trust of Anne Budge, and she rates him very highly. And it's true. You know, I know people say always been involved with Craig Levine and, and Ian Cathro, but he is a first class operator. I'm not saying he should be the next manager of Hearts. But he should certainly have a role And perhaps that role is sporting director Maybe along those lines But uh, he is good He has a trust of the senior players They like him um, And you know what If he's to win on Saturday It wouldn't mm. surprise me if Anne Budge says Well on you go 
um, and go again I know it's international break coming up and I suppose if you want to appoint somebody permanently that's ideal time to do it but we'll wait and see it's still up in the air a wee bit Thank you very much to Kenny a Hearts fan from Airdrie 01419511025 uh, Let's hear from Ryan Kent as promised he says he's seen a big improvement in quality and mentality in the Rangers squad from last season he believes tomorrow's match against Porto is the type of environment that could bring out the best in him Playing on a, a European stage you know it's it's a special feeling for footballers um, especially Ibrox you know the atmosphere that's created is massive so I feel like that gets the best out of, um, of me of my ability uh, playing on, on the Europa League stage so the performances improved massively on last season you know going into this season the squad's improved all around um, you know these players in every position now that can you know step up on into the pitch whether you're in the starting 11 or not and do a good job um, Especially recently, I think you know the performance has been excellent all around the pitch, you know both defensively and and going forward, um, creating lots of chances. And you know I think teams are realising that now. I think even in Europe as well. So. Probably both mentally and um, you know no discredit to who was ever here last season, but you know the qualities there this season, a lot more confidence, hungers there, and just belief that you know we can go and achieve something this season. Um, I think the key thing is not, um, you know, not coming up against teams and fearing them from um, prior to the game. And, you know, in the game, it's just whoever steps up on the pitch has got to go and deliver. Do you expect Ryan, uh, Ryan Kent to start tomorrow, Jimmy? Obviously, did against Porto mm-hmm. previously. He's done the press today, which doesn't yeah. always mean. And um, but he's 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 working his way back mm-hmm. to full fitness. So would you, would you expect him to? To start having started at the weekend Yeah I think Rangers made a bit of an error When they signed him they, they were obviously desperate to get him on the pitch at first But he probably wasn't really match fit And obviously then he then pulls a hamstring And he's out for several weeks And then they've just Then they've done the right thing Just gradually eased him in So uh, I think that You know I think they substituted at the weekend And I, and I think that uh, when, when Rangers made the substitutions I definitely think they had a bit in mind Of saying okay. listen Let's not take any risk at all and yeah, he's too important to be, to be left out. I think he's an absolute set to start against Porto. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, you know, it's a game that Rangers want to go and win. They don't need to win it, but they want to go and win it. And I think to do that, you give yourself the best possible chance and that's why Ryan Kent will start. But I know you get the old media cynical head on, they put him up for the press. Sometimes or so you just wonder, not going to start. <laughs> Something, it's like, I just remember in, in a previous life when you were getting yeah. sent to these games, I remember going to the new Camp, I think yeah. it was, for, for Celtic and Tom Rogic did the press and all the foreign journalists were asking about Tom Rogic and how do you say his name and all the rest of it. Next day, no, team comes up, wasn't in it? Uh, by the way, big team news coming out of Rome. Neil Lennon's been speaking. Balling golly has not travelled to Rome. Neither has Rogic, Griffiths, and Johnston. Maybe the last three wouldn't have started. Rogic would definitely have been in the squad. Uh, but Bolly Ball and Golly look nailed on to play. He has not travelled to Rome. We'll get your reaction to that after this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. It's Beat the Pundit time. Your chance to win a sign ball if you get more questions right than Mark Guidi or Jim Duffy. It's as simple as that. You need to give us a call before 7 o'clock. We'll 0141 951 1025. This is your chance to beat the pundit. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com The old firm in Europe On Clyde One With Ladbrokes.com Backing Scottish football All season long 
Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alison Conroy is with the Celtic camp in Rome. Neil Lennon's just finishing off his press conference, so we'll let you hear from him. And then, of course, we'll ask you how you're going to get around these defensive concerns. Balling Golly has not travelled. Uh, Tom Rogic hasn't either. Maybe he wouldn't have played. Lee Griffiths and Mikey Johnson also failing to make the trip. But we're going to hear in full from Neil Lennon after we do this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. It is beat the pundit time. It's Jim Duffy or Mark Guidi up against Stephen in Milton. With bragging rights and a signed ball up for grabs How are you tonight Stephen? Yeah, very good, thank you Now I don't want to get ahead of myself but I think these are easy questions tonight Stephen I hope so I think they're easy The pundits might find them easy as well And that way it will just be a case of who can get the most right So I'm going to toss the coin heads It's Mark Guidi uh, Tails, it is Jim Duffy And it is Tails, Jim Duffy Against Stephen in Milton So here's the deal I'll give Jim some clay Two to listen to And that way he cannot hear your answer Stephen you've got 30 seconds Head to head you can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Okay on you go What is the name of Kilmarnock's home ground? Rugby Park Who did Celtic beat in last season's Scottish Cup final? Hearts Which Glasgow Southside Park was the first home of Hamden? Uh, pass What nationality is St Mirren's Vaclav Kladke? Uh, Czech Republic which Finnish team did Rangers get Alfredo Morelos from? HJ Helsinki Stuart Milne is the chairman of which Scottish club? Aberdeen Mohamed El Yunusi played against Celtic with which Norwegian team? Uh, Mould Okay, let's bring Jim Duffy back Jim, can you hear us? Yes You can, great Same set of questions to you, you ready? On you go What is the name of Kilmarnock's home ground? Rugby Park Who did Celtic beat in last season's Scottish Cup final? Aberdeen which Glasgow Southside Park was the first home of Hamden? Kathkin. What nationality is St Mirren's Vaclav Kladke? Hungarian. Which Finnish team did Rangers get Alfredo Morelos from? Stuart Milne is the chairman of which Scottish club? Aberdeen. Mohamed El Yunusi played against Celtic with which Norwegian team? Mm, Oslo. Uh, where did Neil Alexander finish his playing career? Aberdeen. And which Ayrshire junior team did Stevie Clark play with? Quickly. Come up. Okay. Stephen, what do you think? Uh, close. Close. Let's find out. Let's go through them and find out how close. What is the name of Kilmarnock's home ground? It is Rugby Park. A really easy one to get us off and running. You both got it. Jim Duffy fell for it. Who did Celtic beat in last season's Scottish Cup final? It was Hearts. All right. You're just so used to Celtic and yeah, Aberdeen in Cup finals in recent seasons, mm-hmm. but it was Hearts. Uh, so 2 1 up to Stephen and Milton. Jim equalises straight away, though. Kathkin Park was the, the, the south side first home of Hamden, 2 all. What nationality is St Mirren's Vaclav Kladke? He's from the Czech Republic. Well done, Stephen. You go back in front by one. You then stretched your lead, Stephen, up to two because Morelos signed from HJK Helsinki. Stuart Milne is the chairman of which Scottish club? You both knew it, Aberdeen. So Stephen still leads by two going into question seven. And then he wrapped it up. He put the cherry on top. Mohamed El Yunusi played against Celtic with Molda. And even if you had got it, Neil Alexander finished his playing career with Livingston. So it was a three for Jim Duffy. And a six, I think. Well done, Stephen. Right there. Well, Last question, Stevie Clark. Oh, Beath, sorry. Beath. Beath, yep. Was it? Beath. Stephen, absolutely rampant. Well done, well done to yeah. you. Thank you very much Good man Stephen. Stephen and Milton You know your stuff And the sign ball Is on its way I've, I've, I've not seen you On the receiving end Of such a, a no, Heavy defeat no, for a while I was, I was a scalping Yeah it was. Nine scalping. questions you got there yeah. Jim 
Aye, through nine questions. Well, I, I make, make it through them all. Only answered <laughs> three, so no good. A skeleton is that? Is that a, a Mary Hill technical term? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Some people might find it enjoyable, but I, I did. <laughs> That's plenteous as a family show. Uh, 01419511025 on the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. We are hoping to hear from Alison Conroy and Neil Lennon very soon. He's just finished his. Press conference in Rome So keep the calls coming We're building up to those two huge games tomorrow 01419511025 In terms of our domestic game We've got those two huge managerial vacancies in Edinburgh The Hearts job The Hibs job uh, We wonder who's going who's gonna to get the nod for those We're going to actually hear the thoughts in a little while Of uh, Brian Rice He's a Hamilton Aki's boss But he's got some thoughts On who should be uh, the, the next boss at Easter Road Having been there previously Just before we hear from Neil Lennon The bit that we don't Necessarily need to hear from from him As such as, as Those injuries Ball and golly is the one that jumps out He's not travelled He would have played wouldn't he mm-hmm. Tom Rogic hasn't travelled Maybe he wouldn't But he certainly would have been on the bench mm-hmm. Mikey Johnson And Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. uh, Was the other one Who hasn't travelled Let's try and speak to Alison Conroy In Rome Alison can you hear us? I can Gordon Good You evening. can We were just uh, touching on those injury concerns Bring us up to speed on, on Celtic's roll call so the ones that haven't travelled are Bolly Ball and Golly, Lee Griffiths, Tom Rogic and Mikey Johnson. So Bolly Ball and Golly, out of the four of them, would be the biggest miss for Celtic tomorrow night. And the question is who plays in place of them. When you look at the squad and you look at the injuries and what's available, you would think that Greg Taylor is the man that will step up for Celtic tomorrow night in that position. So he's in the Europa League squad, yeah, I couldn't remember if he was. Yes, he is, and he's available. The Italian journalists, and after Neil Lennon spoke, were all kind of flustered and running about and come and speak to us. Who will play there? Who will play there? Because they like to know the team a day in advance, and we have to tell them that we think this Quite is right. what it is, but please don't come and give us a row if we're wrong. Uh, that seems like ready made, then, doesn't it? Although, Jim, does he, would he go straight into a game of that size, having played once, I think, or. Johnny Hayes has been a real favourite of Neil yeah. Lennon Who would yeah. you go for? I mean I, I'd be surprised actually if Greg Taylor Because I know you pay a lot of money for him But I don't know if he's got enough experience to go and handle that That type of game in, in Rome um, So Johnny Hayes He could you know, move um, Either Bauer across to, to, to left back Or El Hamed to, mm. to, to left back and play Bauer Right back or you know vice versa So he does have options But I would... Suggest more Johnny Hayes I would be more inclined To go for Johnny Hayes But um, You know Lennon With the man That makes a big call Mark Weary Do you care to agree Or differ with Jim Duffy uh, I would probably put Johnny Hayes 60-40 favourite To start tomorrow night Me personally I would go for Greg Taylor More defensively minded There's going to be A tough defensive shift On tomorrow night And one thing I would say About, about Greg Taylor Having watched him got a wee bit of an insight and um, I don't think playing um, in the, the uh, Europa League Olympic, Olympic, Olympic Stadium, Stadium tomorrow night in Rome uh, it will phase him. It's not the Olympic Stadium. It will fa- it won't phase him. It won't be phased at all by the atmosphere or, or whatever. He'll get wired in. The Celtic fans haven't had a chance to, to see him yet. He's only played one game, I think. But he is he's a top player. Celtic fans won't be disappointed with him. Celtic fans, a very simple question for you. Then ball and golly doesn't travel. Who plays at left back? Johnny Hayes, Greg Taylor. Or someone else Maybe you want to think Outside the box Tell us right now 01419511025 What else was on Neil Lennon's mind Alison? Well he was talking About the game And the fact that Celtic have never Won 
in Italy. He says that records are there to be broken. He's spoken a little bit about the fans as well, of course. A bit of advice to the fans to not wear colours and keep themselves safe just in case there's any trouble. And I was out and about today and they're heeding that warning. Very few fans wearing colours today as they were out and about in Rome looking at the sights. And Neil Lennon says he just wants them to enjoy themselves tomorrow night. Realistically, it's going to be very difficult to win here, but, um, you know, as the question was asked earlier, we haven't won in Italy, so records are there to be broken. In terms of the safety of the fans, we just want them to come and have a celebration, enjoy themselves. The, the atmosphere in the stadium at Celtic Park, when Celtic played Lazio, was fantastic. The game was fantastic. The intensity of the game was fantastic, so we expect more of the same. In terms of winning the game, we're going to have to play very, very well and take our chances if and when they, they should arise. So we know we won't probably dominate possession the way we would do normally in, in home games and we're going to have to show a huge amount of concentration and, um, and quality. Uh, the big news coming out of Celtic today, Alison, before they even travelled, was a new deal given uh, to Callum McGregor. Yeah, absolutely. He signed that new five-year deal at Celtic, which will keep him at the club until at least 2024. As you can imagine, he was on media duties here at the Olympic Stadium tonight as well and says he's absolutely delighted that he has got that finalised. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, I'm you know, delighted to, to get it signed and you know, just sort of focus on the football side of things again. So it's been obviously a good sort of start to the season for the club and, and myself and you know, keep playing games, keep trying to play well and, and help the team and and obviously this just came at a, a real good time so you know put that to bed and, and just focus on the football it's a real sort of statement from the club as well um, so for me it obviously feels good that they've managed to do such a big deal and, and obviously for, for as many years so for me it's just about that stability and going forward that you know we, we continue to, to make the club successful you know on and off the pitch Anything else of note from Neil Lennon Alison I'm sure he knows fine well that a victory would be Incredible would, would really put Celtic on the brink of, of qualification. Even a point would put them in an, an extremely strong position. Yeah, absolutely. I think Celtic can actually qualify tomorrow night if they win and Wren lose. So that's what you know he's looking at. But he's not getting carried away. He knows the threat that Lazio have got. Yes, they won against them a couple of weeks ago at Celtic Park, but they had a lot of chances. They created a lot of good football as well. So he's well aware of the threat. So he's saying, you know, if we win, it would be absolutely fantastic. But if we lose tomorrow night, it's not the end of the world. It's not over for us because they've got those points in the bag already with another couple of games still to play in the group. Great stuff. Thank you very much to Alison Conroy out there in Rome looking ahead to Lazio against Celtic. She'll keep you up to speed tomorrow and, of course, deliver all the post-match reaction to us for Friday night's show as well Now Celtic fans A simple question for you Bolly Bolingoli didn't travel He didn't make the team flight to Rome So who plays in his place Because he was nailed on to start tomorrow Is it Greg Taylor Or is it Johnny Hayes Maybe it's even someone else But those are your two main options 01419511025 Twitter is at Clyde SSB Let's take an early uh, early check in On Twitter and see if anything Has um, come through on that yet uh, I don't think so A few sarcastic uh, comments Saying they're not surprised That Tom Rogic is injured There we go Perhaps perhaps fair Perhaps not I'll let you decide uh, Ronnie is a Celtic fan In Cumbernauld Ronnie Who plays for you Greg Taylor Johnny Hayes Someone else I would, I would say maybe Greg Taylor's in it He's not got the full experience yet As I said To play for people Not not, not to play But for, for in this big stage 
I think Johnny Hayes would probably be chatting at the door and saying, "Give me my chance, Neil, because I, <clears throat> I can. I'll do the. I'll do the job for you." But you has done domestically, so I would. I would say yeah. Throw throw Johnny Hayes in and give him the chance. But I don't think we've got much of a problem to be on. I know that <clears throat> we played well against Lazio two three weeks ago, and also um, he did have a couple of shots on target. But at the same point, you know, my goalkeeper done immense and. There's nothing to stop him doing the exact same job again tomorrow night. You know, just lock up, just not lock up with those because that's not Celtic style of play. Celtic style of play is attack and go out for victory. And as we said already, you know, obviously three points in the bag would guarantee his qualification. Even a point in the bag, yes, you're that close, that bit closer, providing the obviously the ends get beat, which I think Clues might do as a favour there tomorrow night as well. On the first point then about the the left back situation, Johnny has played the away game in Valencia last season, didn't he? So he's he's got got that experience. He's got that advantage over Greg Taylor. But I mean, Greg Taylor's now a he's an international footballer. Yeah. He's got a Scotland cap. He always comes across. And and we had Stephen Smith on the show with with mm-hmm. Jim last week from from guys who know him. One of his his strengths is that he, he doesn't seem to get you know sort of flustered or no. um, always seems to handle that that sort of step up. No, he, he, he doesn't um, and you know I think Ronnie with the greatest respect and a lot of Celtic supporters will be a wee bit ignorant to the actual talent that, that Greg Taylor's got because they haven't seen him in a Celtic jersey or he's only played one game but as you know Gordon I watched Kilmarnock I don't know 14, 15, 16 times last season and every time he was a standout and I said that in the programme championed him there's a great respect that he looked like a two million pound player all, all day long if not more uh, actually and I thought that Kilmarnock would struggle to hold on to him so he won't be phased Johnny I'm not saying he's going to start the game I can understand why you might favour Johnny Hayes I totally get that but if Greg Taylor does start the game and what you've got to remember is Neil Lennon will have a full dossier on Lazio who he thinks is going to play out on the right hand side so who's best suited or does he want to play a counter attacking game with Johnny Hayes would be actually better suited but trust me uh, Greg Taylor up and down the line all day long puts in a lovely ball he's as close to Kieran Tierney as you'll get yeah. He's not Kieran Tierney He's not a like for like But in terms of a Scottish player yeah. Young Energy Good left back Good in the tackle He's as close to Kieran Tierney As you'll get I was going to, I was going to say that there He's kind of left back Yeah he has a good, As I said I'm not getting any fears If Craig Taylor comes in that, That's not what I'm saying But Regarding the experience side of it I would say Johnny Hayes Now Who's to say that maybe At half time Or 70 minutes played They might say Right okay We're going to swing it here And bring on Craig Taylor Give him a wee shot at European football, at, at, you know, for Celtic. Mm. I mean, Jim, the Scotland game he was pitched into was Belgium away, if you if you yeah. remember right. And uh, yeah, I know we lost three 0 but we actually did relatively all right in t- at spells. I'm clutching a little bit, um, but you know, in terms, if he's been pitched into that arena, yeah. though, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not sure this would this would phase him. Yeah, I mean, not so much that it phase the player. It's just the fact is that he hasn't. You know, he, he's not. Played a lot of games as as Mark had mentioned, only one game really, in terms of the you know getting to to, to work in the Celtic system the way he wants to play. But that may, I mean, obviously Bolingol has been injured for a few days now, so they they may well have looked at it. Obviously they've planned it. You know, he's not just going to turn up tomorrow night and then toss the coin between the two. They've obviously been you know on the training ground and looked at it and and they will decide whether he thinks that you know that that's the case or not. It's a, it's a big investment for Celtic, but. 
the only thing that I, I think might give Johnny his right is simply by looking at since he's came to the uh-huh. club that he's he's been a guy that, that Neil Lennon has relied upon yeah. I know he can play different positions he can play right he can play left he can play left back so that gives him maybe an advantage to be on the bench but generally speaking um, he's had the nod ahead of Greg Taylor um, so therefore you know that would suggest to me that that would still be mm. the case tomorrow night alright let's get an alternative view from Johnny in Cathcart thanks to Ronnie for the call Johnny who should uh, play left back or are you thinking about something different a different solution yeah hi there um, I basically think he's going to go sort of three at the back with sort of two sort of wing backs with Forrest and Hayes um, bit more defensive thinking um, sort of we play Ayer Julian Neil Hamid as your three sort of centre backs Forrest sort of the wide right role and sort of left wing back would be Johnny Hayes just think with Blacks you'll probably have more of the ball than what we're used to playing I think it may, may go a bit more defensive What do you think of that Jim? Yeah, I mean, as as possible. There's no doubt about it. But um, Celtic are have been playing very well in the kind of four three three. You know, with the you know the one one normally Christie or Rogic ahead of McGregor Brown, um, with the two white guys, um, you know, doing very well. So uh, it'd be interesting. It'd be a big call to to change the shape of the team um, because you know they have they have played this this way. I mean, you could say it's a four two three one four three three. Whatever you want to look at it, but. They've generally had four at the back. That's the point. Um, but Johnny, you know, he might he might go over that way. He might just go a little bit more conservative, stick an extra defender in, and, and which means, you know, uh, maybe put an extra midfielder in. Um, but I, I would be surprised if that if that's the case. But again, you listen, <laughs> European games are all about big calls and big mm-hmm. decisions. So you know, twenty four hours to see. Is that something you think Celtic need to do, Johnny, or is that just your solution that because Ball and Golly's injured? Um, well, a point away will be a fantastic result. So I'm thinking more of a sort of defensively minded tactics or tomorrow. But like I so say, we kind of did see the back at the end of the Hibs game, I thought. So I don't know if that was maybe that was preparation work for for tonight or if for tomorrow night, or if that was just because of the injuries and stuff that we had. But like I so say, interesting to see how we do play. Um, but for me, as Johnny Hayes, I think that I think he's going to get the nod. Um, whether it's sort of the three at the back, which I suggested, or if it is going to be the sort of the four at the back, which we've done. Last few games You know I think that's Both callers Both pundits Suggesting they think It will be Johnny Hayes So please feel free to, to mix it up If you think it will be Greg Taylor or someone else Get in touch 01419511025 Good suggestion though Johnny and Cathcart I don't mind that at all We've got a full time teaser Coming up next It's a good one 10 goal scorers Is what you're looking for They always are What are you laughing at? It's not It's quite difficult Have we ever had a bad one? No They're always brilliant Because the listeners send them in So 10 goal scorers you're looking for I'll give you the details next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Here with me Gordon Duncan We just heard from Neil Lennon uh, We heard from Alison Conroy Live from Rome as well, some breaking team news Ball and Golly hasn't travelled with Celtic Neither has Rogic Neither has Lee Griffiths Nor Mikey Johnson Scotty, Ball and Golly No relation, I don't think He's on Twitter He says Hayes will start Greg Taylor has years ahead of him to make an impact Johnny, on the other hand, is in his twilight uh, He has the experience for this sort of match um, Wait, is he? <laughs> if he's in his twilight, I must be in the box right, Gordon, um, I, I think I just want to I think you said that we're all going for Greg Taylor uh, uh, for Johnny Hayes. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going for Greg Taylor but, to start the game yes. tomorrow night. All right, sorry. I thought you said you thought it would be Johnny Hayes, but you personally would have gone for Greg Taylor. In terms of what I thought Neil Lennon would do, but I, no, I'm definitely Greg Taylor start the game deservedly so. Okay. Uh, Stephen Tolan's on. He says Johnny Hayes is experienced and quick. He's the fastest ahead of Forrest. Celtic need to manage the game. Don't defend too deep. Um, and Paul Dock's got to suggest he's just thinking out, he's thinking longer term. Paul Dock, he says. Probably start a riot here But I would take Lewis Ferguson To replace Scott Brown Just my opinion mm. Yeah well, I'm sure Derek His dad will be Absolutely delighted By that But uh, Yeah I mean listen Lewis Ferguson I think Is a Potentially a very good player And uh, You know he's improving Again Another young Talented Scottish player Who I think Has got a bright future And again If he keeps progressing as Similar as we've said To one or two other players You know And, and he's, he's a tall He's got a strong physique yeah, there'll be a number of clubs um, having, a, having a sniff at uh, Lewis Ferguson over the next few months. There we go. We do have a real split on Twitter because Stephen McGinley says Lennon has to play Taylor because he's a better defender than he's, quite simply, says Stephen McGinley. So we'll find out tomorrow night. What's that, a 5 2 6 kickoff? Yeah, 5 over there. Yeah. Uh, So as soon as we come on air, the game will be underway. Um, Mark Wilson and Gordon Deere will be here keeping an eye on it. Let's get tonight's full time teaser ready. Martin Burns has sent the question in. Oh. He usually gets uh, tough ones Martin doesn't he He says Excluding qualifiers So we're talking <laughs> Group stages onwards Who are the 10 Youngest Scottish Goal scorers In the Champions League So we're talking Group stages Champions League proper Who are the 10 Youngest Scottish Goal scorers 20 what Yep He's number That's one obvious one He was 18 yeah. years 10 months and 9 days If you're keeping account uh, Okay I've got one Go. Ross McCormick He's number two See if you, see if you get all ten And you get yep. them in order And in the line No I want uh, James Forrest Yes Unfortunately he's number six So you've right. You've missed a couple But nevertheless He's there Tony Watt Ross McCormick James Forrest And Got to go Neil McCann No All Ke- right, we'll Kenny Miller Yes, okay, I'll give you that one Kenny Miller's third place So we'll leave it there We're looking for From the group stages onwards To the Champions League proper Who are the 10 youngest Scottish goal scorers You've got Tony Watt Ross McCormick Kenny Miller And James Forrest We'll leave it there And I'm sure we'll get back to Well, we're going to have to get back to it Before the show ends Let's speak to Roger Who is a Rangers fan in Uddingston How are you feeling about tomorrow, Roger? Confident? Any nerves creeping in? No, no, I'm not And a couple of points But before I make my point um, I'd just like to say to Jim Duffy um, I think you're a fantastic player, pal I really do And I remember um, I think we did your knee in at Ibrooks. Um I remember your half feeling You twisted it Would I be right to say that, yeah, Jim? Yeah. Ibrooks you did your knee in Yeah, that's right Yeah, Roger No, to be honest with you I, I, think, I think you were a brilliant player And I think um, yourself and uh, John Brown from my team must be like, but we've been a brilliant partnership uh, at Centre for Scotland. Unfortunately, you guys were at the time and the other guys were there or thereabouts, if you know what I mean. But yeah. look, credit Thank and respect, you. I thought you were a great player, Paul. So thanks for that, mate. Thanks very much. Nice Roger. see you, Roger. Yeah. I like that. You, no, no, you can no, come back no, on no. any time. No, no, listen, guys. Your name's really Duffy, it's Roger Duffy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Roger. <laughs> 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 so have I, Roger, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> listen, look, 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 civility and respect cost nothing, mate. Right? Look, my Thank point you. is, um, I, I'm over the moon with the way we progressed in Europe. Um, I'm, I'm not overly confident tomorrow night, I'm not overly unconfident tomorrow night, but in all the games Gerard's been in charge at Rangers, I think we are more adept to playing a European style of football. 
Now I don't know if that's his upbringing with playing the Liverpool, um, playing in well, the, 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 the cups he's won and ties he's won with his. <laughs> You know, I don't want to count to anything, but see if you win tomorrow night and then it only takes... Because Feyenoord have got to, got to knock themselves out against the other teams as well. So it's, it's all to play for. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And I just hopefully become favourite time game. I'm phoning you up. Because remember, I'm the guy who phoned up a few weeks ago and was going to swap the Premier League for the for the Europa League. Oh, and that's I right. You nearly started that. a riot in the studio. Well, that's right. Well done. <laughs> Listen, this is something we've, we've commented on a couple of times, Jim. This yeah. this notion that Rangers are quite suited to mm-hmm. playing European football because you know, we're not talking about just Porto, we're talking about this mm-hmm. campaign, the qualification campaign to get here, mm-hmm. the group stage campaign last mm-hmm. season, and then the qualification one before. So, the um, Stephen Gerrard, do you think this is even beyond his wildest? Thoughts, you know, when when he took the job, the, the thought of a year later being that comfortable away at somewhere like Porto, maybe even he would have thought that was quite no, far off. I think Stephen Gerrard's the type of guy that would have had full belief on, you know, having a team ready um, to go and compete in the European level. I do think Rogers got a point, and I think that uh, his, you know, experience and mentality and understanding of what it takes to to play in these type of games is vital. And I think he's transmitting that onto his players. And I think when Steven Gerrard says to you, this is how we want to play, the players have got to take notice. You know, they've got to say, look, he's been there and done it. So he knows what he's talking about. He knows what to expect. And I think, you know, the the, the, the amount of information uh, that he'll give his players uh, he, w- would be invaluable. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Rangers have been a team suited to, to playing there. But, you know, again, they've still had one or two, you know, little lapses, as I've mentioned. But... General performances away from home uh, have been been outstanding. Even last year, you know, when they when it was a loss, it was at three two. They lost one of the games and um, and 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 a four three. I think it was four three, wasn't it? But again, the performance oh, yeah. level to 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 go there and take the game to the opponents and stuff. So yeah, I think there's a win tomorrow night. I, I do. I think that I, uh, so. <laughs> I do think there's a win. I think I think that, that they're playing with confidence. Uh, the fans, uh, the atmosphere will be terrific. Uh, and Porto are a good side. I, I, I don't think it should be, you know, for one second think that uh, because Rangers got a draw is a gimme um, mm-hmm. at home. But I do think the Rangers have got the bit between their teeth in, in, in this particular tournament, and, and I think I think they'll do enough to to win the game. Roger, where would where would it rank? What, I don't know if you can recall one off the top of your head. Have you got a, a favourite European night? What, one that you think maybe could even be rivaled with a with a victory tomorrow? Well, James has been many. I remember going to see Rangers in Porto in nineteen eighty three. Uh, they won two on Ibrox and beat one away from home. I remember during the Champions League campaign a few years ago, or maybe ten years ago. Or so, I think Parma. We beat Parma two 0 in '99. Ah, I think we were the UEFA Cup holders. What an atmosphere that night was! It was up over and above a par and all for me. It was unbelievable that night. Remember um, the goalkeeper came out um, and he sat. He sat between the goalposts. He sat to give his back against the goalposts. He just kind of looked with a bit of the atmosphere. It was brilliant. Tony Vidmar scored that night for Rangers and Reina. Oh, what what a night that was! So that was probably one of the best. And I'm hoping for for a really really good atmosphere and a really good two, three points tomorrow night as well, guys. Did you cover that game, Mark? Was that in your? What well, was back then Rangers and Palmer I remember watching oh, that on the, television the, and thinking it was the qualifier the Advocates uh, yeah. qualifier when uh, Palmer had uh, Buffon and. Um, European qualifier summer of 99 yeah um, no to answer your question I wasn't in Parma for that it was my old colleague uh, 
Ian King that, that covered that uh, game uh, but I was at the return uh, like at Ibrox yeah yeah, listen. I was just, I just like a wee trip down memory lane every now and then. I think it was a, uh, it was Roger that came up with with the memory. What about sort of team selection wise, Roger? Anything, anything you would do differently from from say the weekend? Do you, do, do you try and replicate the team that played out there in Portugal? I, th- I think he will. I think he maybe go with that. Um, I think uh, we took off. It was a game on Sunday against Hearts. Took off Frank Kane. It took off Frank Jack. I probably think um, his mindset on the game on Thursday night because uh, the game was won um, and I think it'll go something similar I would play Kamara middle of the park over um, Aribo because I'm a big fan of Kamara um, I think it'll spring a few surprises I don't know um, I remember the Aberdeen game this season we didn't find nothing we put Edmondson on the middle of the park uh, we were all looking at each other what's bringing him on for but hey it's a great game the game was won but it's just to give the guys some 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 leg room sort of thing so I think it'll change a couple of things but more importantly um, onwards and upwards and um, I'm really real for it It's not always easy to predict Rangers actually Jim because if we just go back to that game I, I don't think anyone sat here on the Wednesday night and said oh Brandon Barker will play tomorrow um, so Stephen Gerrard's not not afraid to try and pull a surprise No he's definitely not I mean we've said many times We've tried to call a team We've got it mm. You know well wrong You know at times You know two, three, four bodies at times But uh, again I just can't see that I mean I'm with Matt I think the back four Picks itself now With Goldson and Holanda uh, Tavani and Barisic I think uh, I think Jack, Jack and Davis I would think Kamara Would probably be in there as well And then it's I said Morelis and Kent And it's just that other one Where it goes with Aribo Ojo Arfield, Barker, you know he's got, you know he's got plenty of options in there. But I think it'll be, you know, that that type of team. And then come to the weekend away to Livingston, I think you might see four or five changes. But tomorrow night, I don't think there'll be as many changes from the weekend as as perhaps, um, you know, Stephen Gerrard has, has done in the past. I don't know if Roger would agree. Gordon even and, and Jim being a former central defender mm. I like Conor Goldson you know 3 million quid he's been outstanding value I think he's shown good leadership all the time but I'd just like to see him a wee bit more commanding to be a bit more responsible I mean I, I think Tavernier's had a lot of flack over the past 5 or 6 weeks for, for various things but I just think sometimes mm. as a central defender that, that Goldson could be more of a shoulder mm. um, for him now and again um, Jim I'd just like to see just every now and again, um, I don't know if you agree, Roger, but just Connor Golson just stepping up to to the plate a wee bit more. I agree with you, Mark, because um, but we're quite, we're quite lucky to have like Katic and Edmondson in the background. Um, I go to all the games, and um, I think to be honest, I think Golson needs a wee rest. I think maybe um, a couple, a couple of um, substitute, substitute appearances uh, for him and bring in Katic and Edmondson because Alanda slotted in because he's been looking. I think Collar earlier on said something about our defence about kind of. Hearting your mouth. A bit hesitant. I, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, do you know what? I think that maybe they've done it. I think maybe the game they played Mullerwell last year and drew three each. Remember, he slipped. Since then, I don't think, think he'd be the same player. Maybe I'm being hypercritical. I don't know, but I, I, I watch it. I go and see Rangers all the time. But um, look, he's, he's, he's been a he's been a steal for 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 how much it cost, and also for his health reasons to come bouncing back for for his for his health issues. It's nothing but total admiration. But on his on his game, he's certainly a top top player for us. Roger, you're a good man. Thank you very much for the call. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Josh in East Kilbride has dialed the same number. Hi, Josh. All right, guys. Hello, Josh. Alright, uh, I was just want to say, see the first guy that called? Uh, oh yes, Willie. Uh, he was talking about like the groups being unfair. Mm-hmm. I think he's talking absolute nonsense. Because I think uh, Lazio were actually better with Feyenoord and uh, Porto. 
Oh, this is one of these. And, no, I know, I know, but it's uh, Cluj would give Fyrod a very good game at all. But anyway, I was going to say, see Celtic, see tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't get a point, I'm not faced at all. I think we'll actually get six points in the next two games after that. I think we'll yeah. easily dust aside both teams. I mean, you can only go on what you've seen so far. Certainly, Ren at home. I'm not saying yet. You know, it's, it's clearly not a stick on Jim, but that's got to be a game. Celtic have tar- are targeting three points away to Cluj. Celtic have been there already this season. You never know, but yeah, it, you can see you can see where you can at least see where Josh's confidence comes from, even if you don't agree. Listen, I always like fans to be confident and optimistic about their team. You know, we get too much negativity here. But again, it's, it's I mean the, the the guys that go to the games on a regular basis and and see it. But sometimes, you know, you look at it as a supporter rather than perhaps look at the opposition. And and I think that um, you know if Celtic get a result as long as uh, you know they they perform well tomorrow night and and show that kind of real determination to 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 get to be as close as they possibly can to Lazio. Their their end game at home, I think, is a, is is a massive game. I think even if they don't win, if they win that one, that might even be enough. Mm-hmm. But um, I think close away again. It all depends on how who needs points and yeah, that's true. are they still in it and how much you know. Because uh, uh, if they don't, if they're out of it, then they, they change the, the the manager change the squad, gives other players games, all these kind of things. So I think there's there's a few variables that, that can still impact the game. But I think Celtic's about performance tomorrow night. I think if they go there tomorrow night, put up a top class performance. Then I think um, they've got to play for in the, in the remaining two games. Josh, who plays left back in the absence of Ball and Golly? Um, I do go to the games, by the way. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, and I'd probably play Greg Taylor. Yeah, I what, think you've called that one right, Josh. I think you've called that one right. What, what makes you say that, Josh? We've only seen him once, of course. <laughs> I think I've yeah, I was at the game and he played and I thought he was absolutely amazing. I saw it see Morium, to be honest with you. And I think it's a perfect game for him. What, was that the St. Mirren game, Josh? He came in. Aye, yeah. yep, Magic. Yeah, I mean, Mark. I suppose the, the the sort of the list of things that are supposed to be Greg Taylor's strength. You know, he is meant to be a bit more old school in terms of you know defending's not the problem. Usually, mm-hmm. um, modern fullbacks to sound like somebody a lot older than than actually am. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the, the focus is is generally on on attacking. But I'm sure if you ask Greg Taylor, he would he feels just as comfortable going back the way. Yeah, he, he can defend. He can go forward. Um, you know, I know he's not had a lot of game time. That that's factual. But you know He's got a great engine You know he Hardly ever misses A training session There are a couple of wee Injury problems But nothing uh, Major So look Like I've said As I've said all along uh, I think he will start Tomorrow night And If there's any Celtic fans out there Who have concerns They shouldn't have Because he's a top player Well Josh You're in agreement With Mark Weedy Don't let that ruin your night though Thank you very much For the call <laughs> On tonight's teaser Martin sent it in And remember If you want to hear Your question on the show the address you need to send it to is fulltime at Clyde1.com. We'd love to have your questions. We'd love to read them out on the show, so send them in. Martin says from the Champions League group stages onwards, who are the 10 youngest Scottish goal scorers in the Champions League? Tony Watt is number one, Ross McCormick, number two, Kenny Miller, number three, and you've also got James Forrest. So you've got four of 10. Stephen Naismith? Yes. Great well shout, done. Jim. Great well, shout, Jim. That is a great shout. I'll go Sean Maloney. No. Charlie Adam. Yes. Carl McGregor. Yep. Oh, okay, we'll leave it there. We've only got three to get. If you want to find out what they are, you're going to have to stay there. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here. They're giving a good account of themselves to use the football speak on this teaser. It was sent in by Martin Burns, so thank you to Martin for the question. And if you want to hear your question on the show in the future, the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com. So tonight's question is this. Who are the 10 youngest Scottish goal scorers in the Champions League? We're talking group stages here. None of your qualification rubbish. Group stages only. Proper. Tony Watt, Ross McCormack, Kenny Miller, Charlie Adam, James Forrest, Stephen Naismith, Callum McGregor. You've only got three to get. Right, I'll try Barry Ferguson. Don't bother. He's not. No. Scott Brown? Nope. I'll try. Right, I'll play one for the. I'll go. Stephen McManus Yes Well done He's just in there in 10th place Stephen Whitaker Nope Gary Caldwell Nope I'll try one Danny Wilson No mm. Would you believe it The two you've got to get Are the two hardest Comfortably <laughs> By some distance These are the two hardest We'll leave it there You've got until the end of the show uh, To get them uh, David is a Celtic fan In Wisher But David you've actually got a suggestion on the Hibs managerial front, I believe. Well, I heard the uh, thanks for taking my call, Gordon. Uh, I've got two uh, two quick questions. Mm-hmm. Also, I want a big shout out for my grandson's team. Uh, the first one is, I heard the John Hughes I had for the Hibs. Well, yeah, Brian Rice has been tipping him today, so I'll, I'll I'll play a wee clip of that in a minute for you. Actually, is that something you would you agree with that? Disagree with it? Well, I'm I'm thinking going back the way. No going, you should be going forward. Mm. I mean, nobody else available. Yeah listen it's a fair point The reason John asked I mentioned it in the headlines at the top Brian Rice believes John Hughes is the perfect candidate To take over from Paul Heckenbottom If you remember back Rice was the assistant to Hughes In his spell at Easter Road The Hamilton head coach is amazed That he doesn't have a job at the moment Without doubt You look at John's record It's incredible It's absolutely incredible That a guy like John Hughes is near football Take away everything And just look at his football record Got Falkirk to the Scottish Cup final Got them into Europe Went to Inverness, finished third in the league, got to two finals, 1-1, never in relegation, trouble at Inverness. When he was at Hibs, got them into Europe. Rangers were in the league that, that time as well. With their league position, got them into Europe. John Drecker's incredible, bringing three young players, attractive football. Look at the season they had at Hibs where we got into Europe. The goal scored by Riordan, Nish and Stokes. Go back and look at the record books, the amount of goals they scored between them. For John used to be at footballs, you know, it's, it's incredible that it's, Nobody's got to give John the opportunity. Absolutely incredible. Well, Hibs is his club, and I know how much the club means to him. I've absolutely no doubt that uh, he has got unfinished business there. And given the opportunity, I'm sure he would go and finish that business. I don't think that MD would be better credentials than John Hughes to take over Hibs. Now, David, surely as a Celtic fan, the concept of appointing one of your previous managers isn't always a bad thing. You've got one at the moment. But, no, no, but I know that. But uh, John Hughes is a good manager, but, but I mean. As, as I'm not there since Saudi football, it would take over that job. I mean, I've nothing against John Hughes getting it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he uh, shouldn't be sitting in the sidelines, but there must be somebody else out there. Mm. Yeah, listen, I don't think we need to be too blown away by this. Brian Rice is, knows John Hughes and, yeah. and likes him and knows his work, so he's more than entitled to go and 
tip him for a job Whether that means it, it's likely to happen I'll, I'll let you two decide <laughs> Yeah well some of that would help Brian as well Because he'd be his assistant <laughs> So, so all, that, all that good work was probably done in the background by Brian But listen he, he, he's, he's, I mean if he wants to talk up his palm And, 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 and you know that, that's fair enough and, and, and that's what he believes And he worked with him So he knows the, the type of guy he is And everybody knows Yogi in terms of his enthusiasm And the style of football he wanted to play and he was he was maybe a bit unlucky, you know, at Hibs, you know, the, the, the second season. Um and, you know, again, but I think it was Rod Petrie, I think I would guess, and I'm sure he's still got a, a bit of an influence there. So that, that that might be a difficult one. I think Jack Ross will be the favourite. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um I think his stock's still high from the St. Martin. I think that the fact that obviously he beaten the playoffs with Sunderland, uh, you know, his his record of not losing games was very good. You had a lot mm-hmm. of draws. Mm-hmm. And that that obviously hampered it, but I would I would guess he he would be he would still be favourite Jack Ross. Um, whether the Hibs fans would would uh, agree with that or not, I'm not so sure. But there's a number of candidates. Alan Stubbs is another one, former manager, who's I think he's suggested that he would be keen mm. to go back as well as John Hughes. Listen, it's a top club, uh, great facilities now, training facilities. Um, you know some good good uh, players with a lot of potential. Um, big fan base So listen they'll, they'll be inundated Both Hibs and Hearts Will be inundated With applicants Who's, get, who's getting the Hibs job Mark You're always Fairly close With I these would, things I would be surprised If it's not Jack Ross um, That said I can absolutely understand um, John Hughes Bringing me a shout I, I think it is It's a shame that, they, that he's out of football I think he has got A good record You, you look at everything And he's got a lot to to offer attractive football, low budgets, etc., etc. I really do like John Hughes and from as a player, a no nonsense centre half. His teams that didn't uh, mirror him no. the way he was as a player. So listen, if John Hughes became the Hibs manager, I think it'd be a right good appointment as well. But I expect Jack Ross to get it. I think the Hearts ones maybe a wee bit more open, might take a wee bit uh, longer. You know, if Hearts had to win on Saturday and, and beat St Mirren, I wouldn't be surprised that that, that Hearts just said to Osmond Fee on you go uh, and keep going um, and I think Stephen Robinson is in the running for the Hearts job I think he would be born any shortlist but I don't think Stephen Robinson get the Hearts job as a gimme as some people have been suggesting that it's nowhere near as cut and dried as that mm, What was your other point David? Uh, the other point was uh, uh, Jim and Mark what's the script uh, Kieran Tierney for Scotland? Is it Arsenal or Stockholm or is it Kieran Tierney? Well, the official line is that it's Arsenal that, yeah. that are stopping him, so there's no reason, certainly for us to think otherwise. What, what do you guys make of it? Stephen Stevie Clark's frustrated. He says Kieran Tierney will be frustrated. Everybody that wants Scotland to win is frustrated. So, what can what, what can we do about it? Is the other question? No, you know it is very frustrating for Steve Clark because look, Andy Robertson's the number one left back, and that's never going to change for the foreseeable future. So, I think Steve Clark would have had a plan in mind. Now, whether that was to oh, sorry, he might have thought. Move Andy Robertson up one and play Kieran Tierney, Tierney behind him, or vice versa. He might have thought, I fancy Kieran Tierney um, at right back. He might have thought, um, I'm not overly happy with central defensive partnership. Maybe I should try somebody in beside Kieran Tierney. That may well have been the FAV, um, but he's he's going to be um, not able to do that, which is just a crying shame for Clark and for our country ahead because it's his last chance to have them together. Before March, so it's very, very disappointing. And Keenan Tierney played tonight, Jim. So yeah. he he's not he's not injured. He's, yeah. he's he's not unfit in in the the normal sense of the word. But in in 2019, apparently there are 
there are levels of injury and you manage these things and I don't know you, you can you know more about it than me well I'm a bit baffled by this one to be honest with you obviously we don't know the full medical report but if he's playing and the fact is he hasn't played a lot of games you would think if anything <laughs> that uh, the, the, you know Arsenal would be happy to to get him another couple of games possibly I, I think like, like Mark possibly suggested I think he would have went right back actually because um, you know we're not you know we've been struggling a little bit in that position mm-hmm. so I, I think he, he probably would have been playing as a right back uh, with Andy Robertson left back but he's a top class player and you know I'm I'm a bit surprised with that I'm, I'm a wee, wee bit surprised that um, Stevie Clark hasn't said listen I would like him in the squad with us and let our medical people assess him have a chat with the player as well yeah. see what he thinks because if he's playing then he's fit I'm not quite sure of the you know the management said I'm not I'm not a, a, a medical expert so the the hernia side of it I, I, I'm not quite sure but to me if he's playing games for Arsenal he should he should be mm. available for Scotland that's the way I would look at but it. There's not even a, a way we could say okay we'll expect we won't play him but can I even have an up for three days three days of our choice to even just go into a wee bit of shape a wee bit of work I mean he, a good he, he gets well an hour in one of the games or something you know yeah, rather than just, just bring up just bring him up you know. Ah well, uh, David, it was a good question. Thank you. Hopefully that answers it for you. We're going to have to leave it there though, because you have brought the show to a close nicely. We still need two answers on the teaser. If you want to hear your question read out on the show in the future, the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com. Martin sent this one through tonight. He says from the group stages of the Champions League, who are the top ten youngest Scottish goal scorers? You've got Tony Watt, you've got Ross McCormick, Kenny Miller, Charlie Adam. James Forrest Stephen Naismith Callum McGregor And Stephen McManus You've got eight And you only need two uh, Derek Radden No Bob Malcolm Nope Paul Caddis Nope I think he's probably too old But I thought Barry Robson No One Rangers One Celtic I'm not sure that's going to help you Certainly wasn't it Okay for the Rangers one You're going way back to the so it must be Dickie's time yeah, then? Probably even further To the start of the oh, Champions right, to, League to, to Walter's time So the Champions League came in 92 was it? Yeah So you're, you're looking certainly close Yes Gary McSwiggin well Gary done McSwiggin, yeah. And the yeah. Celtic won Celtic didn't start playing to 2000-2001 Champions League <sighs> If you're going to ask me who he scored against I don't know I think it was maybe Benfica some, Anyway um, He also played for Motherwell Um Went from Pearson? Yes, yeah, great Stephen Pearson. Was it Benfica? I don't know. Doesn't yeah, really matter. Yeah, you yeah. got it anyway. Yeah. Stephen Pearson. Thank you to Mark Weedy and Jim Duffy. Big thanks for all your calls and your tweets. We are back tomorrow. Two huge games. What a night for Scottish football. Celtic and Rangers both in Europa League action. So make sure you join us. Gordon DL and Mark Wilson will be here. And in the meantime, Callum Gallagher's here. So stay where you are. Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.